Hey, hey, it's Coach Dr. Kim. I started this journey after having a stroke at the age of 36 years old. Since that time, I have moved forward with helping people live their best life, and I haven't turned back. This show is about learning to be present, open, and intentional in every area of your life. Keep listening to hear what I've been thinking, and be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. Last week on the show, we talked about making the most out of the chaos, went over some essential strategies for strategic leadership, and there was a lot packed in there. This week, we're sort of staying on topic, yet we're pivoting in a little bit of a different direction, but it still is on that strategic level. I want to bring up the topic of illusions and... The question came to me, do you believe in magic? And that seems kind of abstract. My answer to that is I don't necessarily believe in magic, but I do believe in the ability to create illusions so that they appear magical. An illusion is either a mistaken idea or something that's false or not real but seems to be true or real. And so the thing that came to mind to me is, you know, that safety warning that is on mirrors and cars. I don't even know if it's still there because it's not on mine, which I don't know about that, but objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. So when you look in your side mirror, it may seem like that car in the lane opposite you is right there on your tail, but it's a little bit further behind. And that was put there over the years so that you'll be extra careful before switching lanes. Yet, it doesn't really mean that that car is that close. And so illusions, optical illusions per se, as an example, can distort what is really in front of us or behind us. It's a way to make you think of your present reality a little bit different. And so when it comes to strategy, it made me think about what is it in our present day reality that is just an illusion? And there's a lot of things. I mean, we could probably make a list of them. But in thinking about this remote work or coming back to the workplace, or just our workplaces in general, I wonder how many things are being created to give the illusion that things are wonderful or that they are getting better. Now, don't get discouraged. I am not going down a path of we are in a dismal state. I'm hopeful that this brief podcast will offer some reflective insights and some questions for us to continue to ponder and think about so that maybe we can go a different direction or stay the course. It's up to us what we get out of it. But when I think about remote work, I think about flexible hours, hybrid work coming into the office. I do not have a strong opinion in either direction. Let let me be clear. I know that it varies from business to business, industry to industry, and even person to person. 
And so we have to do what works best for the population being served and for the organizational structure. Yet I do believe that many companies strongly believe they're doing what's best for their people by providing a lot of different options. And those options involve changes in processes, workflows, the way they collect data, and all those different things that you do at a systems, structural, organizational level. The thing that sticks with me though is, are these an illusion? Are they things that are driven by economic outcomes? Are they driven by what leaders, I'm, an, I'm a leader, so I'm not passing blame to someone else, think that people need? Are we trying to create an environment that is an illusion of, and some of these thoughts that I am having come from a book, Lead With Love. Um, the name of the author is escaping me right now. I'll share it in the show notes. However, the people that were allowed or able to work from home were able to do that in an environment that was truly welcoming for them in some instances. And so selling them all these perks that they'll get from coming to the workplace, for some, it is in fact a benefit because maybe their home was not ideal for them. For others, you're asking them to come back to a place where they are having to battle with politics and microaggressions, or maybe they're an introvert and it's a challenge for them to interact with others. There's competing egos. They are not able to concentrate because of constant chatter, whatever it may be. And so there's this imbalance of human needs and industry needs. And so are the programs and processes that are being placed, when you take all of those things into consideration, it seems impossible and they have work to do. Yet, in order to do that work, the humans must be able to be engaged. So what is the answer? How do we get to the bottom of it? That is the million-dollar question. You might not want to hear this, but the answer is leading with love. And I know, I know, you're like, love? Why in the world would we have love in the workplace? And it's because love is being misconstrued as something that is romantic, that involves courting and dating and all those things that you think of, flowers and dinners. It's not catering to the needs of everyone. It's not providing ergonomic assessments and um, fancy lunches. It is seeing the people as people. It's allowing them to share their ideas. It is trusting them to do their work. It is hearing their feedback, creating an environment where diversity and inclusion is real. And when someone brings forth a concern, it's taken seriously. It's not pandering to the egos of management and It is truly standing by the mission, vision, and values of your organization. 
many of these concepts came out of an article that I came across in Forbes. At first, I thought, you know, they may be way out there and it doesn't really provide a lot of practical strategies, but it does bring up a philosophical concept that feelings are the touchstone of value in human systems. How you make me feel translate to whether I feel valued, included, seen, and understood. Therefore, whether I have the right chair, the right mouse, or if you allow me to hang something up in my office, it might make me feel like you get it to a certain point. Yet that probably won't hold me for very long when someone later yells at me or shuts me down in a meeting because we cannot have an open discussion. So what I'm saying is you have to walk the walk more than just talk the talk. Address the deep-seated, deep-rooted, fundamental issues in the workplace. Bringing people back to the office, not a problem. I don't think there's a big issue with that. Bring them back to an office that is truly welcoming and gives them the opportunity to flourish. I am a believer that human connection is necessary. Am I pro-work in the office? No. Am I pro-remote work? No. What I do strongly stand by is that whatever environment that you are going to have your staff work in, your leaders work in, inclusion is supreme. Allowing folks to be a community, to share thoughts where innovation and agility are a top priority must be the priority of the organization. And then the organization wins. That's where the outcomes come from. And so, do you believe in magic? I don't believe in magic. And these things don't happen with a magic wand. Illusions are not necessary. Put more work into making the illusion a reality. And that's what I've been thinking. Peace out. To schedule a session with Kim, visit www.kimregis.com where you can learn more about her. You can also book a free life coaching consultation. Find the link to her book, Meeting Just Fine, A Life-Changing Encounter, available on Amazon.com. View her TED-style talk and download useful resources. Tune in next week for more I've Been Thinking, Kim's Coaching.